Okay. Oh, yeah. Welcome back to the Gentleman's Dojo, and we got a treat for you. We sure do. To my right, from Pittsburgh, PA, the very funny Steve Byrne, who just returned from his little weekend run at the Mall of America in Minneapolis. Oh, yeah. Dead. (laughs) (laughs) To my left, from Detroit, Michigan, Uh, I named credits, but you don't have any. Gary Cannon, everybody. Well, I just want to say this, Stephen. We had a great show last week. People calling in. Great time. Everything good. Want to thank my mom, Jimmy Schubert, Farad, uh, Kyle for calling in. Had a great call-in show. I would love to do it again. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, But today, we shift our attention. We have a great guest on our show today. Uh, I've been a fan of game shows for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. So many great game shows when I was growing up as a kid. Price is Right, Joker's Wild, Tic-Tac-Doe. $100,000 $100,000 Pyramid with yeah. Dick Clark that they're now remaking. Pressure with Luck. Michael no Whammies, no Whammies, no Whammies. Pressure Luck. So many great game shows. And uh, I was doing a little research, and I found a gentleman, a gentleman from Michigan, my neck of the woods, who wrote a book called Get on a Game Show, How to Audition for Your Favorite TV Games and Win, calling all the way from Michigan. We've been trying to set this up for a long time now. How about a round of applause, Stephen, for Chad Mosher, everybody. Oh, there he is. Chad, how are hey, you? Thank you so much for calling in. Guys. Chad. How are you, buddy? Uh, by the way, thank you. I'm doing great. Good. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I know that we've been trying to set this up for a while. Now, you live in Michigan, correct? Yes, sir. What part of Michigan are you living in currently? I live in the very now famous Flint, Michigan. Oh, there you go. Okay. And and, and are you drinking water as we speak, or is it is it overrated? <laughs> are you staying hydrated? Is it that I'm bad? I'm thankful that I... Well, I live in the suburbs, so I haven't been affected by the crisis, gratefully, but it has uh, impacted those around me. So um, my water's good. I like it. Hopefully it will stay that way. Uh, so so here's what's what's interesting. I, How old are you, Chad? 26. Just turned 26 last week. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. So how did you become— well, thank you so much. How did you—because, you know, Steve and I are certainly a lot older than you, and we used to watch tons of different game shows when we were kids. Price is Right with Bob Barker. Pressure Luck, mm-hmm. uh, Tic-Tac-Doe, Card Sharks. Uh, so many great, just original, unique game shows when we were kids. How did you get interested in, in the game show world? And what was your favorite game show when you were growing up? And what did you really like? And b- before you even auditioned for anything, what were some of your favorites? Well, my mom likes to tell the story that when she brought me home from the hospital, like three, four days old, she sat me in front of the TV. And it just so happened that we were fortunate with us. Uh, and I was laughing and crying along with the sound effects and the music and the lights on that show. So I guess from, from a very early time, I was hooked on to game shows. But my grandparents and my aunts that were in the area at that point were also big into game shows. So I kind of got it through osmosis from them. Um, but growing up, I loved Double Dare on Nickelodeon as oh, a wow. kid. That was like a dream for me. Uh, I still wish it would come back with like college students so that <laughs> 20-somethings could have a chance to try to run through the option course. But other than that, um, Wheel of Fortune has always been a lifelong favorite. Um, I feel like shows like Little Fortune, word games like that, um, helped me develop my language skills uh, as a young kid because I was able to read at like two and a half. So I, I oh, wow. shows like that. Uh, as, exactly. As I, I think that they were a big help in making me uh, literate at that point. Because it's so interesting because, you know, I grew up in Michigan and, you know, when you're watching these game shows that are filmed in California or New York, you, you don't really sit there and think about, oh, my God, what – how great would it be if I – got onto that game show. Like, you sure. don't even... It, it's so far removed from... Because I remember when I first moved to California 
and I remember take, getting a tour of the Price is Right stage, and you are just mm-hmm. mesmerized at how small it is and how crazy it looks on TV just because it's lit the right way, and it's it's really, you know, you get up yeah. close to those sets, and they're really just flimsy and about to fall apart. Um, they're like Steve's career. <laughs> and so, um, but, but there's so many moving parts that go on at right? the same time. You're right. They don't, they don't look like they're set in stone, but there's so much going on at once and they make it look so seamless. So, so you go from being a huge, what was the first game show that you appeared on? My first TV game show was, I was on a Jeopardy kids week at the age of 12. Wow. Nice. My parents, uh, yeah, my, my parents took me to an audition in Cleveland, uh, about four and a half hours from Flint. And I passed the audition, and a couple months later, Jeopardy called and said they wanted me to be out. So my first case of game show fame was at 12 years old. Wow. So you fly out to California. You do the show. Uh, I, I believe they film it at Sony in Culver City? Yes, sir. Okay. So you're 12, right? And and all it was, Chad, mm-hmm. was, just that, was just that one audition. Yeah. Um, I had to submit a form on the Internet just saying, hey, if something comes near me, contact me. Uh, and it was the audition in Cleveland. I passed a written test. I went through the personality test, and that was good enough for them to fly me and my family out uh, to play on Jeopardy. And how did you do? I was leading through most of the show, but Final Jeopardy bit me, and I only took second place. But <laughs> do you remember the? Place, I got two thousand dollars and a new computer. Ah, so, uh, that's that awesome. At twelve, and of course, I always remember the Final Jeopardy that I bid it on. I will always remember it. By what, the, what was the question the category, or the answer? So the category was category was nonfiction books and the clue was the road to middle earth was a book a book written about this author is it who is J.R.R. tolkien yeah see i was a nerd but not big enough of a nerd to be interested in lord of the rings at that time so unfortunately i didn't know i just wrote down mark twain to put something on the board (laughs) (laughs) it was like that great scene on cheers where uh cliff gets on jeopardy that's great (laughs) so funny yeah who, what was the end? I can't remember what he said, but who isn't? He, he was cheating. He was looking over that woman's podium. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who, are, who are people that have not eaten in my kitchen? Exactly. He eventually went with two or three people who have never been in my kitchen. And just <laughs> He's like, I have to argue, Alex. These are three people that have never been in my kitchen. Really, really funny. proof of proof that these three people have never been in my kitchen. So are you, are, you know, are people that you know, like classmates, because you're, you're young, you're a young kid, just mesmerized that you're on Jeopardy? I mean, that's, that's a big deal for a little kid in Michigan. I mean, people yeah. just don't do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I was known as a Jeopardy kid for a while around my school. It was... Uh, and I was, it was never a secret that I was in the game shows because I, I was uh, academically gifted as I was younger. So I had teachers who were finding ways to incorporate the game shows uh, to make activities more fun for me. So, like, I was allowed to host Jeopardy games in, like, second grade wow. uh, to help prepare for, like, literature tests and stuff like that. So I was grateful to have a support set from very early on who would let me uh, do game shows and, and use that as a tool to help myself and others learn. So, um, yeah, it's, it's always been there. And once you did it at 12... And then you're going through, you know, high school and college. Did you think it's, was it, was it just, you know, was it just rumbling through your head and heart? Like, I got to get back to the big 10. I got to get back to the big leagues. And you're thinking, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to get on Jeopardy when I, it, when I turn 18. It almost uh, took a backseat in my mind because I figured, okay, this is the one thing I can do as a kid, uh, game show related, because most other shows don't have any sort of kids week. And then, I, I really didn't hit me until I was I turned 18, and I'm like, holy crap, I'm 18. Now I'm eligible for most of these shows. So that's when I started paying more attention to things like that. Well, what are, what are three things you'd recommend to anybody who's 
wanting to get on a game show? And then what are the three things you'd recommend to somebody that is when you finally get on that game show? So when you're looking for the audition, the biggest places that I would search out for auditions are the official websites of the shows. They will a lot of times post the audition dates and information that you'll need to go. Uh, Craigslist, Reality Wanted, websites like that they'll be posting. Uh, so that's number one is to know where to look. And those are the big uh, resources that you can use. Number two, when you get there, my advice for just a general piece of advice for audition is to be yourself, but bigger. Get a little more excited, amp up your voice a little bit, speak a little more clearly, but don't fake it because the people that are there to cast you are going to spot it, obviously. They're trained to be able to spot a faker and make sure that you are who you really are. And then number three is most of these shows will have an audition form, some sort of application you must fill out. And you've got to be able to not lie, but embellish yourself. Show why you are you. Try to remember a funny story about yourself or a little anecdote that sets you apart from the rest of the class. But once you get on the game show, once you actually make it through the audition, it's it's easier said than done to say this, but don't let it get to you. That's the biggest piece of advice that I can give. I see a lot of people who get on shows, and they just get psyched out by the whole experience. It's it's an unusual setting to be in front of six cameras and 50 lights and three people ringing above you. But well, you that's something Gary to can't relate to at all. Mind. But, but Chad, yeah, you got to be able to act like you're in your living room. Otherwise, it's going to freak you out, and you're not going to do well. But here's what's interesting, Chad. When you... When you got on Jeopardy, right? This was when you were much younger. That you know they didn't have yeah. like you know the internet. You know they like you know back like years ago when I was growing up. I mean, I, I I wonder how people found out about this information because there wasn't this World Wide Web where you could just type in the 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 show's website and get that information. So when you were yeah. when you were that young, how did you find out that they were coming to Cleveland? Did they just advertise it on TV back then? Well, I was grateful. It was 2002 when I was on, so the Jeopardy.com was still in its infancy. It's not the big deal it is now where you right. can take online tests and stuff like that. So what all you had to do was fill out a, a, a form that says, hey, if you're interested in being on the show, we'll contact you if you come in your area. So I just did it on a whim one day. I didn't expect anything to ever come of it, but I got an email a few months later that, that said, hey, Kids Week's auditions are coming to uh, Cleveland. You're interested? And I'm like, Mom, uh, can we go? I know it's four hours away, but let's make a weekend of it. Sure. And my parents did that, and I'm appreciative of them for that. You know, it's it's funny you were you know saying, uh, you know, be bigger than yourself when you go and do these auditions because you know I have always heard this about Price Is Right, and you know I think people definitely think that you know the Price Is Right is all random, and you know they you know because it's really yeah. not. I mean, it's everybody's picked literally before they go into the studio. So, you know, I've mm -hmm. always heard this, uh, you know, about getting on The Price is Right. Obviously, be bigger than you are, but not fake. And the other thing is when they ask you, because they always ask you what your favorite game is, like what you love, what's your favorite Price is Right game, always say something very obscure. Like, you know, everybody says Plinko. Everybody says, you know, uh, the number, whatever it is. But if you say something crazy that they play like once every six weeks, that will show to them that oh. you're a big fan of the show. And see, sometimes it, it depends, because they may be looking for big fans, but they otherwise may not be looking for big fans. They're just interested in the personality. Honestly, there's people who get on that show who look like they've never seen an episode of The Price is Right at the end of their life. There was one woman on a couple weeks ago who spun five on the big wheel and wasn't sure if she should spin again. So I, oh, wow. if they were interested in people's intellectual capabilities on The Price is Right, they're sure not showing it, because that shouldn't be happening if you're looking for super fans. And, but and, they're just looking for people who can provide energy for a few minutes. What's been, your, what's been your biggest haul? What's your biggest take and on what program? I was on uh, Who Wants to Be Millionaire in 2011, and I won $43,550 with Meredith Vieira. 
that's my biggest one so far. Now, now out of that forty-three, what are you taking home? Like when with taxes um, and all that stuff, and well, I was a college student that year, so when you have game show winnings, it's just tied into your regular income. You pay it whatever total bracket you are. So I hadn't, I wasn't making any money that year, so uh, I was about twenty percent that I took out, and so I was able to use the student loans and all that as sort of um, deductions and things like that. So I took home a lot more than the average person might. But yeah, I mean they do take a big chunk out, which kind of sucks. But yeah, it's part of the game. You know what going on. What what is what has been your favorite experience? Because you've been Jeopardy, Wheel of Fortune, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Right. And so then... what happened after Jeopardy? So so after Jeopardy, you turn eighteen. Then what's your next game show that you jump into? Yep. My next game show was um, a short-lived revival of Password on CBS. It was called Million Dollar Password, hosted by Regis Philbin, and that was a lot of fun. Regis was super supportive and such a nice guy. Oh wow! So how old are you when you go do that show? So I'm I'm just turning 18. I played the summer after I graduated from high school. And then how do you go through the audition with that show? What's what's the process? So I had I had just posted on uh, a game show fan forum. I was talking about my enjoyment of Million Dollar Password, and I created sort of like a PowerPoint play along home ver- play play at home version that people who were interested in the show could do and play with them play, play with their friends at home. And one of the producers contacted me and said, hey, we're having auditions in Chicago if you're interested. Um, why don't you come join us? And I thought it was a hoax at first. I thought somebody was screwing with me. So I, I called them up and I said, hey, is this for real? And they said, yeah. So uh, like literally the next weekend, I went to Chicago and I had uh, an audition there. And the audition for Password was just like practicing the game, playing it and seeing how familiar you were, you were with the concept. When you do Jeopardy! Wheel of Fortune, there's no like... You can't really prepare for that, right? I mean, you're either smart or you're not. I mean, what are you going to, like, browse the Encyclopedia Britannica before you jump on? Or are you just like, you know what, I either know the answer or I don't. I mean, is there where to prepare for either of those? I, I absolutely think there is. Jeopardy, they have a few crutches they lean on. Now, obviously, they can take a question about anything. But they, they lean on current events. There's a lot of times that current information will be up there. Things like Shakespeare, that comes up a lot. And then you can you can look at lists of like recent Emmy winners and Oscar winners and stuff like that, so that if they ask about the best picture from last year, they'll have that ready to go. And as far as Wheel of Fortune goes, they have a few different categories they use. Um, and so sometimes those specialized categories have different tricks in them. Like there's some letters that will appear all the time. Like the category is what are you doing, and that comes up probably three or four times a week. And so usually the answer is something like riding my bike to the park or going to the movies. So if you get that category, you should know that 99% of the time. I and and G will always be in that puzzle. So you can you may not be able to practice material-wise, but you can familiarize yourself with the show enough that if something like that comes up, you'll be able to be ready with a trick or a, a little tool you can use. Hey Chad, what, I'm going to give you one and see if you can just get get it offhand. What this is the category? What are you okay. what are you what are you doing? The answer is not working. <laughs> Gary, who is Steve Byrne? <laughs> Shut up! Oh, I was a Jeopardy question. Um, oh God, I was talking Gary, to Chad. You are the absolute worst. <laughs> I was talking to Chad. So then, okay, so you do password, right? That's out in California, right? Is that where they film that? Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And then, how did that show turn out? So I got to play with Julie Chen from Big Brother. Oh, okay. And Phil Hogan from The Amazing Race. They were my celebrity partners. Wow. Okay. And so uh, I played with, with Phil, and then at halftime, they switched me with Julie. Um, I, I played so well in the beginning of the game that I didn't have to play the last round. My partner, my opponent, was not able to complete her round. So I had, we, there were four rounds that we could have played. I only needed to play three. So because of the scoring rules of the show, you go to the big money round with the person, the celebrity partner that you got the most password points with. But since I played with Phil... 
two rounds and Julie only one round, I had to go with Phil. And Phil, unfortunately, was the weak link. Uh, <laughs> Julie's kind of a smarter woman than Phil Kogan was. So um, I, I only, and I don't want to sound like I'm ungrateful for it, but I only won $25,000 in the bonus with Phil. Wow. Uh, one fifty. I went to the next level for a hundred, and then we went back down to twenty-five. Jeez. But if I was with Julie, I guarantee you that I would have had a shot at a hundred thousand dollars, maybe more. But Steve, I got to tell you, the show I couldn't. But but twenty-five thousand dollars for an eighteen-year-old was still pretty cool. That's, yeah. I mean, yeah. Once you do these shows, like, can you only do Jeopardy once? Can you only do Wheel yeah. of Fortune once? Yep. Exactly. So until there's like a new great evening primetime game show, you're you're just kind of waiting in the wings. Pretty much. Um, there's, there's still a few shows that I like to come out with. They're bringing back the $100,000 Pyramid. It's coming back to ABC next month. And I would love to be on that. I think I'm an excellent Pyramid player, and I think I would do very well with that. But, do they but have as an far a... as all the other shows, yeah. Do they have an aversion to casting you or having you as a contestant, See, seeing as how you got all this experience? Question. It's a really interesting question, because I think it's a double-edged sword. Because on one hand, you want to keep fresh faces. You don't want to have, quote, career game show contestants. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, they know that if they cast somebody like me, that I'm reliable, that I won't buckle under the pressure, and that I'm, I've, I've been familiar with the studio studying. So that's why a lot of times you see, especially in the older days, when game shows would only cast locals from Los Angeles, uh, that's why you see a lot of out-of-work actors in there sometimes, because they're familiar with this studying, and so they won't freak out when they get into the big pressure situation. So it's, it's interesting, because there are a few people like me who have been on multiple game shows, and I, I haven't quite figured out if it's to my advantage or not, but... If I keep getting on, then I guess I'm, I'm doing something right. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, you do it. I mean, it sounds like you do these game shows for fun, and it's just it, it's this cool thing for you, Steve. You should audition because you need to pay rent. You should look into this. I mean, this would be <laughs> scary. So, Chad, you go from <laughs> that's, that's, that's a true statement. Uh, <laughs> so, by the way, so you go from from super password, right? And by the way, Steve and I were talking yep. about this uh, a couple minutes ago. I think that new. $100,000 Pyramid with Michael Strahan looks amazing. I was a huge uh, Pyramid fan with uh, Dick Clark. I really love that show. Yeah. And then they remade it again. Do you remember they remade it, Chad? With I can't remember who yep. hosted it. Yep. But that kind of was a buzz. Donnie Osmond. Is that who it was? It didn't go anywhere. Yeah. And then and now it's going to be with Michael Strahan. So after Password, then what happens? Where do you go from Password? Then, after a couple of years, I was on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Uh, I got to meet Meredith Vieira, who is, in my opinion, the nicest person I've ever met in show business. She is she's a sweetheart. She really roots for everybody to win. So I got to spend a little bit of time with her, and that was great. Are you in the um, audience nine initially? You're in the audience, and you do that. Are you in the audience, and you do that fast finger thing, and then you is, – is that how you get no, – no. no, that's not part of the show anymore. Since it's been on the syndication, you just you get hmm. cast to be on the show. That was only with Regis, and that hasn't been on the show since Regis left. I, I would, because I, I remember when they did that fast finger thing. Like if I won that, I would make sure that the ladies knew that. Ladies, <laughs> I was the fast finger on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Who wants to meet me at the Romano? Yeah, you've had a lot of practice in the shower with yourself. <laughs> Steve, we're talking to you. Um, <laughs> Chad, I got to ask you something. What has been? What is the most difficult game show by far? Is it Jeopardy? Ooh, um. Because the price is right, it's like it's an every man's game. It's like no, you can kind of exactly. guess, but Jeopardy, you, can, you have show to up have. You're sleeping when twenty grand on the price of rent. Yeah, depending on what game you get. Right, right. It's true. I mean, Jeopardy. I think Jeopardy, as as far as the mainstay game shows, there's a couple that come and go that are pretty hard. But as far as shows would have been consistent, I think Jeopardy is pretty hard. Um, some people have asked me, well, do you do you regret giving up your eligibility as a kid to play on Kids Week and not never be able to play the adult game? 
And I don't think so, because I think as a kid, uh, my knowledge versus other kids in my age was stronger than my knowledge would be versus other adult players that could be on the show. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that I would do extraordinarily well. I think I might be able to win a couple of games if the questions are favorable to me if I was to play now. But it's it's hard. There are people who are super intelligent, and yet if you don't get the right question stack, it doesn't work out for you. If, you don't, if you're an astrophysicist but you don't know about Broadway, for instance, then you're screwed, and it just happens that way sometimes. If you get on, like, Wheel of Fortune or Jeopardy and – you look to your left and it's an Asian, and you look to your right, it's an Indian, and you're like, well, I'm probably going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> well, Arthur Chu was, a, was, a, was an Asian man who was on Jeopardy last year for like 20 games. He, yeah. He's, uh... But then again, you have like Ken Jennings, who was an uber white dude, and he won 75. So right. it can go either way. <laughs> <laughs> it's you, you know it's crazy because it's it's like you were saying too, Chad. It's it's funny because what's interesting about the whole dynamic with with the Jeopardy or Wheel of Fortune, you audition, you do all that stuff. But with Price is Right, all you have to do to become a possible contestant is wait out in that line the night before. Yeah. And you know if you get through the line and you get picked, I mean you have a one in you know three hundred chance of getting picked, and there is a chance right. that you could walk away with some amazing stuff. You know, and it it's crazy because I remember years ago when I lived in California. When Bob Barker hosted, the line would form literally the night before, just people trying to get on. Oh, yeah. And and now it's still popular, but if you notice, if, if you hear Drew Carey talking to some of the guests, it's a lot of local people. It's literally Long Beach, Rancho Cucamonga, Riverside, where is when Bob Barker hosted it. It was people from Connecticut, Texas, all over the place. It does seem like the dynamic right. has changed with the contestants a little bit now that there's a new host. And I don't know why I that is. I think it depends also on, on, the, on the taping season, because you'll get a lot more of the out-of-towners when it's the taping in the summer, for instance. Sure. And so right now, they're airing a lot of shows that were probably taped in the winter. So the people in Rancho Cucamonga have nothing better to do. So they take a trip to the right. places, right, and try to win some money. Right. And, and, and so after, and what happens then after uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? What, and what, it, oh, it, after that, you jump to what show? Is, was that the final one? Yep, Wheel of Fortune. Yep, I, oh, I Wheel I of Fortune. 2011 was Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, and I waited a couple years, and I went on Wheel of Fortune in February of last year. Now, is it a little deja vu because those studios tape right next to each other? It was a little bit. It was nice to revisit the old home. Uh, <laughs> Did you get to yeah, go into the I, Jeopardy set? a little bit of comfortability because as a 12-year-old, my memories are as vivid of the Sony lot as they are from when I did it last year. So did you get a chance to go into the uh, Jeopardy studios even though they weren't probably taping? No, yeah. Okay. No, unfortunately. They're, they're pretty strict on where you can roam. They, they have a tight handle on you. I mean, somebody has to follow you to use the restroom, so... So uh, no, let me go roam around. So right, because Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune both tape at Sony, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, one second, Jet. Uh, Sony Steve is a uh, movie and TV lot. You need a credential to drive through it, uh, <laughs> yeah. and they tape TV shows there. Yeah, Chad. Okay. So um, you do a Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> Steve's a former actor. Um, Shut up. <laughs> talking to Chad. So um, basically, then you go on to Wheel of Fortune, and now you're an adult, right? So how does how does that experience differ from your day at Jeopardy? Because obviously, you know, you're same spot, different kind of energy. Um, how did you like, which did you like better? It's it's tough to choose. I, I still had difficulty trying to figure out which show was my favorite because there's different aspects. Jeopardy was my first. It's like your first love, you know, so we did it first, but then you find somebody who's offering you more money, like Wheel of Fortune. You have a chance to win a lot more in a setting on Wheel of Fortune than you do on Jeopardy. So, um, and it, it's, and you, you, you reflect upon it differently because now instead of a 12-year-old who's happy to do anything, you're on Wheel of Fortune thinking, well, hell, if I win $50,000, that's, that's a couple years' worth of money that I can save up and live. 
So you're not just as much of, hey, whatever happens, woo, I get to go back with mom and dad. You're focused on trying to get yourself a little bit of nest egg built. So the responsibilities, I guess, are a little bit different. But um, I feel like I was a little bit more prepared for Wheel of Fortune because I had more time in my life to study these sorts of things. So just I think Wheel of Fortune was a little more advantageous just because of the, the age I was at. And what was the final puzzle that uh, that you ended up guessing? So I I won the bonus. I won the main game. I got to go play the bonus round. I didn't win the bonus round, but my puzzle was a thing, and it was backyard gazebo. So a okay. Y, a K, a Z. I don't think they were really hoping for me to win that that day. I think the budget, the budget was a little strained, and they were hoping to save some money. There. Right, because it is weird. Because years ago, when that show was on, you would just you would guess the five letters and the vowel, right? And it was yeah. always it uh-huh. was always the same letters: R, S, T, L, N, and then an E, right? And then they started mm-hmm. giving you yep. those letters, and then you got like another three consonants. And one vowel, right? Exactly. Yeah, and then so... Because it seemed like in the 80s, just about everybody was winning. When they would guess the RSK, there were very few losers. They switched it up, said, okay, we'll give you these gimmies, and you can pick your own, but now we're going to start stuffing some harder letters into these puzzles. Right, just to make it a little more difficult. By the way, like, what game shows were you a fan of years ago as a kid? Like, what did you really like? Despite the fact that maybe you didn't get a chance to go on them, what did you really enjoy? I mean, Steve and I were talking, you know, about Pressure Luck, which they remade. Oh, that's the top one. Yeah, absolutely. Did you try to get on that show? No, when it was on, uh, when they remade it, I wasn't old enough, unfortunately. But And see, that's it, it's difficult because when I look at these shows and think, which ones do I want to get on? It's tough because pressure luck is almost exclusively luck. So it really you can't is. Really utilize your skill. Yeah, Wheel of Fortune's got the big ass wheel that you're spinning, but at least you can use your own uh, skill for picking the letters in order to make that work. So it's it's tough because when you only have so many game shows to to uh, spread out through a few years, you got to think about okay, which ones do I want to pick? So I love pressure luck. I love watching it, but I don't know if I would want to actually go on it as a contestant. Yeah, and it is crazy because you look at some of those shows. Pressure Luck is one of them. Uh, Card Sharks, when that was out. I mean, that really is just kind of a mm-hmm. a luck kind of game, right? I mean, almost with certain games on Price is Right. Exactly. Yeah, you just I have mean, no you can, choice. You can guess everything right on Plinko, but if you drop the five chips in the wrong spot, you win Buckner. Right, absolutely. Well, what is the easiest game show to get on? To, to just anybody who's out there that always wanted to get on a game show, what's the one they should go for? I think the easiest game show to probably get on um, would be The Price is Right. Uh, if, you, if you are in the area and you're taking the trip, show up and be excited because it's, it's, the odds are harder, but as far as not having to go through the long audition process, like shows like Real Fortune and Jeopardy have, um, then that's one. There's another show on that's hosted by Craig Ferguson right now called Celebrity Name Game. Yeah. And it's sort of got that pyramid vibe to it where you're trying to get food and stuff like that. Um, and, and that's easier to get on just because they need so many teams. There's two teams. Uh, per show, so that's four people, and they take like 180 shows per season, so they need as many bodies as they can. So if you're in the L.A. area for that show, uh, it's $20,000 for a winning team, so that's a pretty good one to go up for, and it's not too hard to get on that one. Yeah, and you know what's crazy, too, about that, Chad? You always see these postings on Craigslist or, you know, the other things Mm -hmm. uh, where it'll basically say, uh, looking for people, and I'll see people that I know on Celebrity Name Game that I know are comics or oh, actors, yeah. and they they say, "Oh, uh-huh. I'm a CPA or I'm a this or that," because they, I guess, they don't want to reveal to the audience that they're actors or comics or singers. I mean, they they want them to feel like they're just this kind of down home person who has a nine to five job, right? 
when I was on, when I went to audition for Casper, they, ex- they explicitly told us, if you're an actor, do not write actor in your occupation field. People at home do not want to see people labeled as actors playing right. the game. Because the assumption is if you're an actor, okay, well, you're making so much money as it is, why are you doing a game show for? Right. So you're absolutely right. They, they do try to downplay that. And especially a lot of times if, if it's a local show and they ask you where you're from, if you live in L.A., they'll say, well, I'm originally from Topeka, Kansas, meaning I lived there until I was 17 and then I moved to go be a waiter and actor in Los Angeles. Yeah, the other show I think too, Chad, that is uh... – I wouldn't say easy, but it seems like uh, you would have a good chance is let's make a deal. Because it's funny because when you go back to Detroit, people are saying, just true. say you're from Los Angeles, Gary. So, Chad, let's make a deal. Um, <laughs> let's make a deal I heard is relatively easy or easier because you have to show up in costume, right? Right, yep. So I and do know. pretty much the same audition process that The Price is Right does. You show up, you be happy, you dress like a goat, and you have a chance to win a car. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So so let's make a deal, which is cl- very close to where we do our show, because, right, there's so many people that have to come in costume, and not everybody wants to do that, right? So it's like, it, it, it's definitely interesting. Yeah. Yeah, but, I, I totally agree with that. Uh, and I think that, that at some point, there's even people, like, on the side of the, the street where they line up yep. that are selling costumes, if you forget yours. So there's people that are oh. making little side businesses off your chances. On That's how I met show. Steve. He sold yeah. me a Batman costume. Oh God! All right. <laughs> hey, by the way, Chad, what was <laughs> what was the uh, what was the concept behind the book? Why did you decide to write the book uh, called "Get on a Game Show: How to Audition for Your Favorite TV Games and Win"? How did you? I think it probably to has together? to deal with the fact that he was on a game show and he wants to offer advice. <laughs> I think maybe that's got something to do with mm-hmm. it, Gary. You dipshit. Awful question. Go, <laughs> Go ahead, Chad. Sorry about that. Steve Bitter's got no work. Well, I've written month. for a couple of game show websites before. Uh, I'd written for About.com. I'd written for Buzzer Blog, and people have told me, you know, you should write a book on this. You know what you're talking about. A lot of those articles that I had written were basically what the book contains, just little information bits on how to get on a game show. So the book kind of combines all that. I give general advice on just any game show, what you should do, what you should not do, what you should say. And then there's specific advice for the big shows. There's pages on Wheel of Fortune, sections on Jeopardy, Celebrity Name Game, all the big shows that are coming out. And I plan on writing a revised second edition coming out uh, in a few months. Or the new shows that are coming out, like the $100,000 here oh, wow. and Match Games coming back. So I'll have some more information on the uh, reviving shows that are going to be coming out soon. Yeah, Match Game, which is going to be hosted by Alec Baldwin. The old one uh, hosted by, uh, uh, what was his name? Um, who's Gene Rayburn. Very creepy. Very creepy Gene Rayburn. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the new one is hosted by Alec Baldwin, so that should be pretty interesting. And uh, well, Who's not creepy at all? Let's that that is true. That yeah, you you do you got you got me there. I was the one talking about the fastest finger. Um, and by the way, Chad, if you ever write a book about uh, how to succeed in Hollywood, uh, Steve will be your first customer to buy that book. Okay, very good. All right, I'm glad yeah. to hear that. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, yeah, he would steal it Chad, from a bookstore because he can't afford it. But cannot thank you enough for calling in today, Chad. No, honestly, honestly, we thank you for taking it. time. Yeah, and congratulations. That that's very cool to have this great story. You know, getting on. Jeopardy at such a young age and then continuing to kind of go through and do your thing with these other game shows. That's that's a really awesome story. So I, I just think it's great that. Well, I appreciate that. And, and uh, next game show that you want to do, $100,000 Pyramid, you're thinking? $100,000 Pyramid. If it comes back for a second season, I would love to give it a shot. That would be great. We'll be rooting for you. And then if you ever see Steve at one of these game shows, you can play, is he the celebrity or is he here to win money? Okay. <laughs> So that's always thank you, Chad. Thank you, Chad, for calling appreciate in. Appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. This was fantastic. I appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, bud. Couldn't have been really a nicer cool. guy. Yeah, what yeah, a great yeah. guy. And uh, really to know cool. that at 12, he's already on Kids Jeopardy, which, you know, when I watch those, I'm like, these kids would smoke me. I'm just so awful. What were you doing when you were 12? I can guess, but I mean, what were you doing? 
Exactly. What's Steve, that? do you want to promote your uh, Ice House appearance? I am on the road, yeah. Be at the Ice House, Pasadena, Friday. Could you be 27th. any more lackadaisical? You, you've been here for half an hour. Why are you so tired? What? <laughs> I, I was trying to ask the guy questions. You're like, uh, so, so take me back. Everybody remembers your appearance in 2000. It's just like, let's get, what? My God. It was great, though. He was, he was great. Awesome. Really, really great advice. And, it, and, and all those little, like, quirks and little so cool. ticks about all the game shows. But couldn't have been cooler. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the Gentleman's Dojo. Thank Anything you to Chad Mosher and his book about uh, get on a game show, how to audition for your favorite TV games and win available on Amazon and for your Kindle as well.